Today's episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15 is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. A budding ace has been demoted while a former closer eyes a rebound, and we react to the opening day that could have been. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not it. had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It worked great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, March 27th. I'm Al Melchior. This other guy here is Derek Van Riper. DVR, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, Al. As, as well as I can be, given the circumstances. I know that uh, opening day was going to be Thursday, and of course it didn't happen. But we have our, our ways of still enjoying baseball and traditions. Well, yeah, and one of those uh, is through simulated games, and we're going to take a look at the Stratomatic 2020 uh, opening day sim. Some really interesting results there. We're going to react to them like they're real results. And uh, also, uh, I spent part of opening day watching the Rays-Yankees 2011 Game 162, which uh, I think of as um, the, um, well, shoot, now I can't even think of the name of the guy, the Dan Johnson game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, almost couldn't remember Dan Johnson because, uh, yeah, I don't think he really did much after that game. But uh, did you watch any of those replayed games? So I was at opening day at Miller Park a year ago when Lorenzo Kane made a game-saving catch. It would have been a game-tying home run in the top of the ninth for Jose Martinez and the Cardinals. And Kane went up and pulled it back over to end the game. Uh, so that's my nightcap. That's the game that I'm, I'm focusing on today. Ah, very, very cool. All right. Well, let's get to a few news items, one of which is really something uh, that gives us something to think about. There have been, in the last day or two, a number of transactions, uh, and one of the more notable ones has been the White Sox optioning Michael Kopech to AAA Charlotte. Not a big surprise there. The rotation is full, but I think certainly with a full season, we anticipated that Kopech would be back up and making his major league return from Tommy John's surgery at some point. With the shortened season DVR, do you think that that's still a reasonable expectation that uh, that he could be in the majors? Yeah, I think he's the first guy up if there's any sign of trouble with Ronaldo Lopez or Gio Gonzalez or Dylan Cease or if there's an injury to any of the members of the rotation. I mean, I think he's pretty clearly... Uh, a guy who's on the cusp of, of making that contribution. And you know, whenever this season begins, it may not be long before Michael Kopech gets that opportunity because there's, there's, there are multiple paths there. I mean, any one of those five guys getting hurt or about three of them struggling, I think we're going to see teams probably end up being a little bit quicker to make decisions when it comes to taking players who are struggling out of a role. And with the White Sox being a team that's been on the rise throughout this offseason, I think they fancy themselves contenders in 2020, at least for a wild card and possibly as dark horses to make a run in the AL Central this year. Yeah, and uh, I, I would certainly agree 
you know, in general, that he would be the first one up, and and that you know certainly fits that that pattern of the White Sox, you know, not uh, holding back <laughs> uh, and uh, taking all the stops out, and yet you know I can also see a situation where if Major League Baseball went with say an eighty game schedule, and you know we talked about this the other day, how you know there's any number of scenarios that could play out if there's a season this year, uh, but let's say it's it's a scenario where it's it's a much shorter season. And the White Sox do want to give Kopech some time at Charlotte to ramp back up. Is there a particular threshold in terms of games played that is, you think, too short or too small for us to see Kopech this year? Oh, that's a good question. I, I think even in a very short season, he would still spend at least a portion of that time in the big leagues. He's already been at AAA for about a full season's worth of innings. I mean, if you look back at 2017 and 2018 and kind of combine those, we're talking about a guy who's made 27 starts at AAA Charlotte. So it's 141 and a third innings with 187 strikeouts in those innings. ERA has been kind of in the mid threes when you combine those things together. I just don't know performance-wise that there's a lot he has to prove. I think it really just comes down to health and and maybe lowering the walk rate a little bit. That's sort of been the major skills flaw with Michael Kopech throughout his time as a prospect. So the other thing I think we have to keep in mind is, you know, one of the proposals that's been tossed out, and this this may never happen, but one of the proposals was that there could be regular double headers. If there are regular mm-hmm. double headers, the six starter with options is probably going to be the taxi squad addition to the roster to fill those extra starts too. So I think that sort of opens up a path for some of the fringy starters as well. Maybe guys who are less talented than Kopech who might be in similar situations on other clubs. Yeah, interesting scenario to consider. Uh, we also have same, some bullpen news. The Royals selected the contract of Trevor Rosenthal, and this was really forced by the fact that he had an opt-out date in his contract, so they've decided to, to keep him on the Major League roster. Greg Holland's in the same sort of situation. They have yet to make a decision on Holland, and in the opening day sim uh, for the Royals, Rosenthal and uh, Holland both appeared in that game, and I think each of them threw a scoreless inning and got a hold, so uh, you know. Uh, maybe Rosenthal could be uh, a big part of that bullpen. Obviously, Ian Kennedy slated to be the closer there. And the Red Sox signed Yairo Munoz to a minor league deal, and it's really not been that long since the Cardinals let Munoz go. He uh, left the team. This is when spring training was still uh, in in process, and he left the team without uh, telling them. And uh, so they they cut him loose, but uh, so he's found a new team. With the Red Sox, it is a minor league deal, but uh, you know you could certainly factor in as a utility player uh, at some point there. Probably not too much fantasy uh, relevance there for Munoz, although I did just pick him up in a 2019 redraft league for whatever that is worth. Uh, so let's uh, talk about this uh, Stratomatic 2020 opening day uh, sim. Now, they're, they're simming the entire season, so you can go to uh, stratomatic.com slash 2020 hyphen season slash hyphen simulation. Uh, Forget the slash I put in there. Um, (laughs) And uh, so 2020 hyphen season hyphen simulation. And um, yeah, so this is the first of of many days that we can look forward to simulated baseball. So DVR, I want to go over some of these, uh, the the simulated opening day, some really kind of interesting things happen. And I know you're going to be excited about the first one. Corey Kluber, seven scoreless innings against the Mariners. Uh, only two hits allowed, one walk, and ten big strikeouts. How realistic do you think that that uh, result would be? 
I think it's realistic because I, I think I'm pretty high on Corey Kluber this year. I think he can bounce back to his pre-2019 form where he was a source of you know, 200-ish innings in a normal year. It's going to be less this year, but a source of excellent ratios over full seasons. A guy that could get you maybe a sub-3 ERA and a whip close to one with a strikeout rate you know, nearing one per inning. I think he's still capable of being that guy. That matchup to begin the season on the road in Seattle is a really nice one for him. Um, so I think the sim is right here. I want it to be right. I want this to happen when we get to the actual start of the season. Um, so I'm two thumbs up on Kluber tearing it up against Seattle. All right. Well, if the sim confirms your pro Kluber bias, it unfortunately confirms my nervousness about Aaron Nola this season. The opener against the Marlins in Miami lasted five innings, gave up four runs on eight hits. Uh, the strikeout to walk. Somewhat encouraging six strikeouts to one walk, but that's a lot of hits for Aaron Nola uh, against the Marlins. You know, not a tough matchup, not a tough venue. Uh, is this something that strikes you as somewhat realistic? Uh, not really, but at the same time, these <laughs> things happen. So I guess it's yeah. more realistic than we'd want it to be. I think we'd all be frustrated if, um, you know, we drafted Nola and thought we were getting an SP2 capable of being an ace again. I think that's the bigger question with him. You know, 2018 is probably as good as it could ever get, especially when you're talking about a guy who's pitching in one of the more hitter-friendly home parks in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. uh, but 2017 and 2019 look a lot alike in terms of the ratios that Nola brought to the table. So can he kind of split the difference between 18 and 17 and 19? Or is he going to be more the guy we've seen in two of the last three seasons again? And uh, that sort of start against Miami would kind of push me to believe he's more of the 2017 or 2019 guy if that's the way he's he's going to begin the season. Yeah, well, you know, if this were a real result and I were looking at that, I would take some comfort in the one walk in five innings because the thing that really was a bit different in 2019 was uh, was the walk rate, 9.4%, you know, whereas he had always had a, a kind of low to normal walk rate. And this one was verging on double digits last year. And that coincided with him, not surprisingly, throwing fewer strikes and particularly throwing uh, a lot fewer strikes uh, for his first pitch. So that's certainly something you could expect that he could correct. And if I saw something encouraging there, uh, like with this first simulated start against the Marlins, I think I would would take some comfort in that. How about this one? Uh, the Indians get to Matt Boyd, score eight runs on him, and Boyd does not make it out of the fifth inning. Uh, I've been optimistic about Boyd going into this year, thinking he could do better than he did last year. Uh, but uh, do you think that the start rings true for you? And you know, just generally, how are you feeling about Boyd for 2020? I like him at the price, even though the second half was bad. I think one of the things that stood out to me during spring training was that Boyd's velocity was up a little bit. I think the question you have with any starter in the AL Central in most mixed leagues, are you comfortable playing that starter against Cleveland? Maybe at home you would, on the road you wouldn't. Maybe that's the, the line for some guys. And I still wonder if Boyd would have been in my lineup for something like that. I think he probably would have been more often than not. So I would have absorbed those eight runs in four and a third innings and would probably just keep rolling him out there for the next couple of turns and, and kind of see how it plays out. And I think uh, with Boyd, I, I also wonder if the, the trade possibility is still looming out there. I mean, they've got so much young pitching coming behind him in the system. Maybe they want to turn him into a position player prospect or a, a controllable young big leaguer. Uh, to kind of help shift the balance of their organizational makeup. 
Yeah, well, it would certainly help if he did get off to a good start whenever the season begins. But uh, yeah, in this case, that would not be the case. So um, yeah, I certainly have some questions about Boyd, just as I, I do about Nola. And of course, Nola has the much stronger track record. So the nervousness is, is a bit higher even for Matt Boyd. Uh, one more starting pitcher here, John Means. Pretty good job against the Yankees. Tough assignment for opening day and going up against Garrett Cole and and the two pitchers having fairly similar lines. Uh, so means went six innings, two runs on seven hits and just one walk with six strikeouts. So would you look at that and, you know, say I need to get means uh, on my roster so I can, you know, flip them as a sell high or uh, just take encouragement. I probably would have had him on my bench for that. So yeah. I would have been kicking myself <laughs> seeing that result come through. So I'd probably be mad. Like, oh, come on. Why? Why would I have, why would I have started him there? And then if the next matchup was easy, I would have him in for that matchup and he'd probably get hit. You know, we'll know in a few days what the sim spits out. But uh, Means is one of those guys like I put him on a different team, especially in a different division. But you just put him on a different team in that division and I would feel a lot better because run support is something he could get somewhere else or you know bullpen quality to protect his leads would be improved on any other team in that division so uh, i think this is a, a probably a league average starter who's a good story of course as the representative for the orioles in the all-star game last year but i never would have saw a performance like that coming from him against the yankees no, no, I certainly wouldn't. And I do own him in a daily league, and I can tell you for sure I would not have started him uh, on opening day for that matchup. A uh, couple of notable reliever performances, Edwin Diaz and Wade Davis, both um, performing poorly on opening day, simulated opening day. Diaz came into a 3-3 tie against the Nationals and took the loss, giving up the winning run. Wade Davis was in the save situation, blew that save, although the Rockies did come back and beat the Padres 10-7. So uh, how are you feeling about uh, Davis? Probably that's not uh, a controversial call there, but how do you feel about Diaz and, and Davis in general going into the, into the season? Davis is just such a hard guy for me to trust because of the park. I mean, that's how it's been ever since he yeah. signed with the Rockies and coming off of last season, especially I just, I haven't gone anywhere near him in drafts to this point. Edwin Diaz is funny though, because his price is kind of ticked up month by month throughout draft season. A lot of the core skills were still intact last year. The home run rate went through the roof. 15 homers and 58 innings is really hard to do. Uh, but I think the overall body of work for him explains why people are doing that. And this would be a real test of faith for Edwin Diaz owners to see him go out there and take the L on opening day, having treated him maybe like a top seven or top eight closer throughout draft season coming off the year he just had. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Uh, definitely not the start that you want to see from him. A uh, couple of good hitting performances that are absolutely no surprise at all. Mike Trout and Rafael Devers uh, with a couple of two home run games. So not much to see there, but didn't want to leave the hitters totally out of this. Uh, let's move on to our out-of-the-park giveaways. The winner for uh, Thursday's giveaway uh, was... Uh, Buzz, who is at the Jack, uh, excuse me, at the Jacket Hive. Uh, so uh, Buzz correctly responded that uh, Mark Reynolds had the most uh, career home runs of anybody who, uh, any position player who pitched in 2019. I think the modal guess was Chris Davis, which was a really good one. And Chris Davis has just three homers fewer than uh, Mark Reynolds. So, but good job by Buzz. Buzz won the drawing. 
And uh, now that we're through with Buzz's question, we can move on to the next one. So uh, as we've been doing, just DM the responses to me. If you have uh, the answer to this one, DM it to me on Twitter at Al Melchiorbb, A-L-M-E-L-C-H-I-O-R-B-B. Uh, all the correct responses will be put into a drawing for uh, the Friday key giveaway for Out of the Park Baseball 21. So here's the question. This one's a little more complicated. I think this is the toughest one we've done so far, DBR. Uh, last season, Trevor Bauer's ERA rose by 2.27 runs over the previous season. So that's from 2018 to 2019, more than a two-run increase in Bauer's ERA. That is just the sixth largest year-to-year increase over the last 10 seasons for pitchers who pitched 150 innings in both of those seasons. Which pitcher had the very largest year-to-year increase from a season with 150 or more innings to the next season, also with 150 more innings? Which pitcher has had the largest year-to-year increase from one season with 150 or more innings to the very next season, also with 150 more innings over the last 10 years? So put your thinking caps on for that one, and uh, we will have uh, yet another giveaway. And uh, we have finally a featured read here. And uh, I'm pipping my own column in this one. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing Uh, wrong with that. Yeah. I haven't done it yet. Unlikely sleepers, Anthony Santander, uh, Kyle Lewis, and four more overlooked players. So just, you know, taking some time to look at some players that maybe I didn't uh, give enough credit to in the drafts that I've already done. So check that out on The Athletic. And on that note, we're going to wrap things up here on Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you are not already a subscriber to The Athletic, we are still running a free trial for three months, so you can try that or get a 40% off of your subscription at theathletic.com slash baseballin15. Everything that we do is a part of your subscription. And once again, if you are listening to this con- on, on this, excuse me, if you're listening to this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and review, then we would be very grateful if you did that. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Monday. Mm-hmm.